ala sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali sayyidina Muhammad barik wa sallim Allahumma salli ala sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali sayyidina Muhammad barik wa sallim We live in an age of distractions and it's starting to affect all aspects of our life and it's affecting Muslims and non-Muslims as well and it's becoming very evident you're in the school system you know impulsivity or the feeling of uh, lack of focus you're looking at work you know productivity and lack of meaningful work um, any aspect of our life and for the muslim it's very important because we are people of ihsan people of excellence and we'd like to try our best and we want to establish a relationship with allah taala we want to establish a connection with allah taala so what do we do well allah taala has always kept two kind of avenues for us to snap out of our whatever we're in snap out of our reality or virtual reality and that is khalqullah the creation of allah taala and kalamullah the book of allah and these two remain and will always remain ways for us to snap out of where we are just take for example we're coming here on a cold night and we're starting to see the leaves I hope you notice that the leaves are falling now. A few days ago uh they were green and now all of a sudden they're falling and becoming yellow. Right? So the moment we step out of our box, right? Whether it's our car or our workplace, our home, uh we're exposed to the creation of Allah in all its glory in so many different aspects. and if you look at any one aspect one creation of allah that's enough for you to dwell upon it to be so excited about thinking about it feeling it experiencing it that it can snap you out and you can be lost you can be lost for hours just thinking about the creation of allah the problem is that we have a layer you know we don't interact right now we're not getting the wind we're not feeling anything we have this window here we're seeing it we're seeing the creation of all we're seeing the beautiful sky the sunrise that's going to happen but we're not experiencing it we have a layer there we're not touching the leaves we're not stepping on it right if you go barefoot you start to feel it whether you're on grass you have this feeling of the grass if you step on the leaves you see how they were wet and now they're becoming dry and they're making the sound if you start tasting it you can even see there's so many different tastes and every single leaf of every single tree has a different characteristic so you can have a tree that is of you know a, a one tree but each leaf it looks different so the, for the child every time he engages in that leaf it's amazing whether they're touching it and all the different leaves have different textures so you're feeling it with your hands you can taste it you think about sugar i mean it's coming 
If you ever have the stevia plant, you can just taste that leaf. You can taste the sugar in the leaf. You look at the colors. And then as you develop more knowledge, you start to see how amazing this leaf is. That inside of it, it's like a factory. It's using the energy from the sun to create food for the plant. Using the water from the roots and the air that's it's also coming into the leaf. So when you look at any one aspect of the creation of Allah Ta'ala, you are bombarded. You are blown away. And that's just a leaf. What about the rest of the tree? What about the stem? And what about the roots? All of these are signs. All of these are signs for us to engage in on a daily basis. So the non-Muslims, they say this is a nature deficit syndrome, right? They say for you to get ease and for you to get focus, you need to go out in nature X number of hours. That's what the science says, right? So you can do that, but what, what happens? You know, you can get exposed to nature. At best, you'll get a wow factor. You'll get a wow factor, you're like, wow, how amazing this is. And people go out. They go out to the mountains, they go out to the valleys, they go out to the ocean, and they're just amazed at the creation of Allah. So for them, that's the first step. And that's for the first step for us too. But as believers, we also have another aspect to it. right? We have the dhikr of Allah. So when you have the dhikr of Allah, and then you engage in the nature, in the creation of Allah, then it becomes a moment where the wow becomes a subhanallah. Where the wow becomes a subhanallah. And that's one subhanallah that you say out of amazement will have your huge tree in Jannah. Right? But it, it can come out of amazement and it comes out of the child. Right? But we have just ex- blocked all avenues. And we're engaging. We have to go to our car. We have to go to the backyard. We have to do that. But we're protecting ourselves. We have our jacket on, we have a hoodie on, we have our gloves on, we have our boots on. We don't get any feeling of it. So part of the way to connect back to Allah Ta'ala is to do dhikr. Yes, when you do dhikr and then you engage in the creation of Allah, you'll snap out of it. You'll just be amazed. Every time you look at the sunrise, every time we leave Fajr, and you just look at the sun rising, or even if it hasn't risen yet, you see the sky, it's so different colors. And every day is a different color. SubhanAllah. You cannot recreate it. You cannot recreate that. It's like a unique look into the creation of Allah. And it changes all the time. And it's always amazing. So the more that we engage in the creation of Allah, the more we appreciate the creator. Al-Khaliq. Allah Ta'ala is the one that created. Al-Fatir. Al-Musawwir. Al-Bari. All of these qualities of Allah. He's a fashioner. He's the one that created. He's the one that nurtures. He's the one that brings into existence without any prior model. Right? At best, we, what we can do, we can imitate. Everything that we have in technology is imitation. Nobody's going to say that they created from nothing. They'll say they got this idea here, and they got this idea there, and they mashed it up together with a new idea. But where did the original idea come from? It was something from the, uh, from the creation of Allah. Look at the mosquito, or look at the, uh, the aerodynamics of the mosquito, or the aerodynamics of the dragonfly, which was our inspiration for the helicopter. Right? Everything of our man-made technology is only a reflection of the creation of Allah Ta'ala. 
But for the believers, we have that. We know that. So we need to engage more in that. So dhikr has to be there, otherwise you will not get subhanallah. You will get just get wow. But when you have the dhikr of Allah, then you will start to realize some small aspect of Allah Ta'ala's majesty. And it's mentioned in the Quran. Like, Alladina yathkuruna allaha qiyamaw wa ku'udaw wa ala junubihim. Well, what else is there? You're standing, or you're sitting, or you're lying down. We're not flying. Right? So those three aspects, if a person is engaged in dhikr, then he ponders upon the creation. Then what happens to him? Spontaneously a dua comes out. Rabbana ma khalaqta hadha batila. Wallah, you have not created all of this in vain. Subhanak. Faqina adabannar. Glory be to you, purified you are. Save us from the hellfire. Then you start realizing, if this is the Allah that created everything, then this is the Allah that will judge us. Will Allah protect us from the hellfire? So part of our training for ourselves and our children is to go out. There's nothing like a rocket science here. You know, we're looking for science. We're looking for research to tell us how to get out of the problems that we have. We're not engaging in the solution that is right in front of us. So khalqullah in every aspect. I'm talking about the leaf, right? If you look at, if you don't need to go beyond anything. The leaf, the, the, the botanist will spend years and years researching that. And from different angles, right? The pharmacist will start looking, what are the medicinal properties? What can I, medicine can I get from there? Uh, the industrialists look, how much paper can I get from there? Right? Everybody is looking at that for their own means. And you can just be stuck on that one aspect. Regardless of what, maybe leaves are not your thing. You know, the thing is, like when we were younger, uh, we didn't have so much of these devices. So we'd have to go outside. You know, there's only TV to a limited hour. You can only see cartoons for so much. And then what? You have to go outside. So you're engaged. You have to look at the ants. You have to look at the bugs. You have to touch the mud. Well, that's what we would do. But today, our youth, if you ask them, when do you go outside? I do ask that once in a while. I say, when was the last time you look at the ants? Like, do we have ants in the backyard? <laughs> Subhanallah. Millions of ants in the backyard. Sometimes in the house even. No, no idea. Just look at the ants and you can be amazed. You see the ants, they'll find the food. Is it they're just going to start eating it right there? No. They'll look at the food, they'll scout it, and then they go back and get reinforcements. Hey, there was food over here, let's go. What a team effort. You can learn so much from the ant. Subhanallah. You can learn, we are depriving ourselves. So that is the creation of Allah in general, that we can get this uh, sense of awe, a sense of connecting back to Allah Ta'ala. And the other thing that we do when we engage in our you know, distractions, whatever, is to engage our mind. You know, our engage our mind and think about things and find out about new things. Well, Kitabullah, Kalamullah has that element. That's why anyone that engages in the book of Allah, they're just amazed. And it comes at different levels. If a person doesn't know how to read and just listens to the tilawat, like we listen to the beautiful tilawat in the, right now, Fajr prayer, I mean, you get a, a, a sense of ease. You get a sense of 
uh, amazement at uh, the, the Quran, right? The Allah Ta'ala has, has revealed this Quran and it has an effect even if you don't understand the meaning. But what if you understand the meaning? You have to, the more that you understand, the more that it will be uncovered. Right? Just like the more that you engage in dhikr and fikr, then the khalqullah will start to grow on you and you start to be amazed by it. The more that you also learn the Arabic language, learn the meanings of the Quran, then you'll be amazed. For example, you know, we hear every day in our prayer, before the prayer, the iqama. Right? And we had, we had it today. If you're here before, you hear the adhan. Hayya alal falah. Hayya alal falah. We hear it all the time. And we translate falah as success. We translate falah as success. So we now start to think, okay, success means what the Western world has defined as success. What the business world has defined. All of these things. But if you look at the word falah, because in another place Allah Ta'ala says, إِنَّهُ لَا يُفْلِحُ الْكَافِرُونَ That the kafir is not successful. So we're saying hayal al-falah to come to success, but then kafir is not successful. So we need to know what is falah then? It's not the success because the kafir is saying, I am successful in this business or in this endeavor. But Allah Ta'ala is saying that the kafir is unsuccessful. So we have to look at the meaning of falah because falah... Yes, it can be translated success, but every single Arabic word has such nuance and such beauty and such depth. When you go into it, you start, oh, this is this type of success. A success where there's a permanence, al-baqa. There's a fawz and a baqa and a najat as part of falah. That there's a success coupled with permanence, coupled with salvation. That is falah. And that is what the muaddin is calling Every day in the adhan, every day in the iqama. Come to that type of success where there is no failure afterwards. That is success. And we have different synonyms. Right? So when we hear falah, we need to think the success that Allah Ta'ala is saying. Qad aflaha al-mu'minun. Then successful is a believer. Successful is a believer. Then we hear in, you know, many times in our, in our Friday prayers, from Surah Al-A'la. So the Quran is also amazing that you look at one word, it has a meaning. Like the falah. Aflaha, falah is related, that's the verb. But then you start stringing together a few words, you get different meaning, multiple meanings. You string an ayah before it, more meaning. You string an ayah after it, more meaning. You string the surah between the two, more meaning. Just like you, when you looked at the tree, you, we didn't talk about the tree, we started talking about the leaf. We didn't go into the stem, we didn't go into the root. But when you start looking bigger and bigger, you're just blown away. Same thing with the Quran. So in this ayah, for example, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ Successful is the one who purifies himself. Successful is the one who purifies himself. So from the Arabic, we have this قَدْ, we have this certainty, it's used for certainty. And it's used in the past tense as if it's already there. It's already done. It's a done deal. Successful is, is the one who has purified himself. So now we can talk about tazakka. So you would think, okay, tazakka means to purify. And it does. That is one of the meanings of tazakka, to purify. So successful is the one 
who purifies himself. What type of success? That success that is permanent, that starts in this world, continues in the next world. So that is one meaning. But when you look at the tafsir, you're amazed. Because they say, what is tazakkah? One meaning of tazakkah is to say, la ilaha illallah. How? Because when you connect with the previous ayah, it's talking about those people that will burn in Jahannam. La yamutu wala yahya. They will live a life where they are neither dead nor alive. And then, qad aflaha man but successful will be the one who does tazakka, which is what? La ilaha illallah, because that is the phrase, the kalima that will take a person from Jahannam and into Jannah. So the successful one is the one that says, La ilaha illallah. Where's that coming from? This ayah. When you connect it to the previous ayah. So that's one way. That is, you can say, uh, the aqidah from the belief side. Now, when you connected this one ayah here to the next ayah, right? So you're connecting that. Successful is the one who does tazakka and remembers Allah and prays. So now the faqih, when he's looking at this ayah, he's saying, this says, successful is the one who does tazakka, then remembers Allah and prays. So this means, tazakka is the one who purifies his body, which is wudu. So tazakka is to purify the body, because you need to purify your body and make wudu before you can pray. Tazakka from the faqih perspective, also means the environment. Because when you need to pray, you need to pray on a place where it is clean. So tazakka is a person that is purifying himself, his body, as well as his environment. That's when you connect it there. So you were having from aqidah from the previous ayah, and then now when you catch the next ayah, you have purification of the body and purification of the makan, of the of the environment, of the location. But then we know from other ayat, right, which was in Surah Shams. And in this, zakka and tazakka are similar and are related. And that surah, that has the longest set of qasam, of oaths. One oath after other, washamsi all the way, multiple oaths until it gets to the point. And that the ulama are saying it's about tazkiyah, it's about purification of the soul. Purification of the soul. So tazakka, the one who purifies himself, purifies his soul of bad character purifies his soul and adorns it with good character right bad character hasad envy and miserliness and all these bad characters so the purified is the one who gets rid of these bad characteristics and adorns himself with the beautiful characteristics when you think about this ayah in relation to other ayat now at the same time, we have Fala tuzakku anfusakum That don't Purify yourselves Allah Ta'ala knows who is the one that has most taqwa So 
does that mean that I decide who, when I purify myself that I become, well, I purify myself now, therefore I'm successful. I'm, I have falah. Now Allah Ta'ala has mentioned another place that don't purify yourselves. Don't call yourself that you have purified yourself. So when you think about that ayah, then qadaflaha man zakkaha, one meaning is that successful is the one who strives to purify himself. Not that he's purified himself. Who's do, who does acts of purity or increases in ways to purify himself. Right, so you're seeing like you can look at it from one word and connect it to another word or connect it to another ayah and multiple meanings come and that engages your mind and just blows it away. That blows it away. So that's another layer of tazakkah. So we are told that we need to purify ourselves. At the same time, we cannot declare purity. Because sometimes what happens, you know, that's the spectrum, that you think that you are now above and beyond. There was one group uh, in Bangladesh, uh, and I, I, I never was exposed to like, you know, these type of ideas. And when, now I, when I think about this ayah, فَلَا تُزَكُّ أَنفُسَكُمْ so there was this Batil group and sect. Uh, you know, they, they adorned with look at the sunnah and everything. Uh, but then when you talk to them, they would say uh, kind of funny things. And they would say that, you know, uh, we want to purify ourselves to a point where we don't have to pray anymore. So we're like, you want to purify yourselves to a state that, because, you know, Successful is the one who purifies himself. Okay, but how about prayer? How can you not pray? That's like, you know, a commandment. So then they said that our teacher told us, Worship Allah until yaqeen comes to you. So our teacher has yaqeen, therefore we don't have to worship anymore. <laughs> right, so we need to engage in the Quran but we have to engage with knowledge, right? Otherwise, this type of jahalat will come in. Right? So, we are not allowed to get ourselves to a level. And tazakka actually, it's you're purified. Now, Allah Ta'ala is the one that purifies. That's why, even back in the ayah, compare, when you think all of these things, another way of looking at that ayah, is that Allah Ta'ala is the one that's purifying. Successful is the one that Allah Ta'ala purifies. And the Arabic allows that. Because you can say, Because you put the file afterwards, but it's mahzuf. Subhanallah. So you have so much to engage in. So when a person of knowledge, and that's why you see, when a person gains knowledge, it's very rare that he comes, goes back to the dunya. Because the pleasure that you get of engaging in the kitabullah, in the hadith, is just it just blows your mind and you, all that energy just goes in and to think about it and to uncover layers and then you start to embed this thing in your life that's why knowledge is so important and Arabic is also important to, for us to understand Allah Ta'ala has mentioned that he's made this Quran an Arabic Quran right? he's made this Quran into Arabic so that for us to understand because Arabic has that quality of giving you so much meaning in that one word, in that one phrase, in that one sentence, 
that you cannot express in English or any other language. You need multiple, multiple statements and phrases and sentences to express that, what can be expressed in two words in Arabic. So we have these many layers. Purity in belief. The one that says, La ilaha illallah has achieved success. We have tazakka, the one that purifies his body, that purifies his environment, and then he prays. Another meaning of tazakka, from that same ayah, qadaflaha man tazakka wa dhakarasma rabbi fasalla. So it's mentioned that one of the meanings of tazakka is tasaddaka, to give in charity. So some of the fuqaha have mentioned successful is the one that gives sadaqat al-fitr. Why? Because that's what it's to give charity, one of the meanings of tazakka, then remembers his Lord and prays the prayer, which is the Eid prayer here. The Eid prayer. Others say it's not just the Eid prayer, it's the regular prayer. So successful is the one that purifies his wealth by giving some of it before he prays. Whether it's a Eid prayer, Sadaqat al-Fitr, or whether it's just giving money before coming to prayer, a little bit, Shayan Yasiran, a little bit. So you see Tazakka here also means purification of wealth. So that's when you connect it with the next ayah. What happens when you connect it to another ayah immediately after that? You love the dunya. So from there, the, the, the Mufassirin, they say, that shows that who has purity of heart, who has purity of heart. And what is the biggest distraction? But rather, you prefer the life of this world. You prefer the life of this world, that life of the world is entrenched in the, our hearts, and that's why you don't have tazakka, you don't have success. So that is another layer of tazakka. So when a person engages in the Qur'an and strives to understand the meaning, and strives to understand the ayat, word by word, ayah by ayah, surah by surah, it uncovers layers of meaning and gives us so much to work on ourselves. So from this one brief little discussion about one word, tazakka, what do you get out of it? You realize that to be purified is to be successful. But that purification has multiple layers and I need to be engaged in all of these layers to be encompassing all the meanings that are contained in this ayah. Right? That is the power of kalamullah. That is the power of engaging in ilm, in engaging with ulama. That is an ability for us to get out of our rut. Right? Because we always want to learn things new. The Quran has things that are new. The more that you read it, the more layers are uncovered all the time. Did I know this before when I first read it in Sunday school? No. I didn't know these meanings in Sunday school. I didn't know these meanings even when I was studying. Only more when you start reading other tafasir, go deeper into lugha, then all these meanings come. And then you realize the wisdom of the ulama, how they give you so many different aspects of the deen from this one ayah. That is amazing power of our deen. 
It's meant to be engaging our minds. So with these two things, work, where do we have time for anything else? Engage in the khalqullah for some time. You're blown away. You see the same thing again. See it the next day. See it the next minute. The sky from when I started is different than what it is now. Look again. Look at how beautiful it is, how different color is now the light is coming out. Look at it in 10 minutes later when the sun is over and is, is above, the, uh, above the earth, above the, the horizon. How beautiful it will become. And then in the winter, you'll see again, you'll see the different color, the, the purple is coming, pink is coming. The leaves, when you go out, check out the leaves. Do you think the leaves, they are green and they just turn yellow? Subhanallah. The greens will turn the, from green to purple, to orange, to the entire spectrum of colors. Even for one tree. But we have to engage and remove this, this lens, you know. We have this, this screen protector on our, on our eyes. And, and we have blocks on our hands so we don't touch anything. We don't want to taste anything. We don't want to expose our kids to anything. You've got to eat a bug out there. You're going to eat this. You're going to touch this. That's how you learn. That's how you learn about so many things in life. We have the ability to change ourselves. We don't need to invest in so much money and, and, and go on this over here on the resort, go over here for some you know, vacation. I mean, you can go to your backyard. You can go into your front yard. You can look up out the window. Open the window, first of all. Open the window. We're, we're in climate-controlled box the whole life. You know, we're in a beautiful 75-degree temperature wherever we are, so we don't experience the cold. We don't experience that. But think about the trees. Some people here, they're from areas where it's warm entire year. Alhamdulillah, in, this, in our area, we can get so much just from the, from the tree in this different season even. Right? You, then you start to realize, look at this. If I just make a, a qiyas, an analogy, look at this tree. It was so vibrant just a few months ago. Such full of life, full of fruits, full of flowers. And then it's starting to fall, right? And then winter comes, and it's dead. It looks like it's dead. It looks like it's dead. For months, months, it's dead. And then spring comes again. When you forget and you think that there's no more springtime coming, you forget about the summer, then it starts coming. And then it blooms again. So how can we deny that we'll die, and then we can't be raised up again? We have that in our backyard every day. Every, every season we see that. Subhanallah. If you're looking, if we're looking, if we're doing zikr and they have that fikr, that was enough for us. These type of things become fitri. We don't need to explain it to anybody. We just look at it and we realize, yes, just like this tree is a sign for me that I will have my prime time and then I will go into decay and I'll wither away but and I'll be in my grave for a long time but there will be a time where I come back just like the spring but when Allah Ta'ala wills right so how can you you don't need so much to explain these things to children you don't need so much to explain to adults but we have to have that lens we have to have that focus right so how do we get rid of the problems that we're in Part of the solution is to engage in the khalqullah in whatever capacity. 
And it's beautiful no matter where you look. Whether you like water, whether you like mountains, you like desert, you like flatland, you like plants, you like the sky, whatever. It's amazing. And then we need to make time to learn the ulum, learn our deen, engage our minds. Alhamdulillah, we engage our minds with recitation of the Quran. Do we engage our minds with memorization? Right? So memorization is an act. Right? That's an act that we need to engage our body with. We do a'mal with our hands. We do a'mal with our feet. Well, what about our mind? Memorizing the ayat, that is a'mal of the mind. And then seeking knowledge and increasing in our knowledge. And you'll see that whatever little bit you know, you can practice upon. Whatever I've told you today, whatever I've said... I want to practice myself. And I now I know all the different layers of tazkiyah that I need to do. We talk about tazkiyah every Saturday. So from the highest level, la ilaha illallah, all the way to different levels of my body, of my wealth, of the purity of my soul, the purity of my heart, that's all there. For that falah, that will be success, which is permanent. We ask Allah Ta'ala, to give us a tawfiq to understand, open our eyes to the creation of Allah and see that the beauty of the creation to understand the beauty of the creator we ask Allah Ta'ala for ability to increase our knowledge we ask Allah Ta'ala for ability to engage in the Quran and start to dwell upon it and think upon it have tafakkur tadabbur upon it that it changes our life and takes us out and our families out and the community out and the society of all of the problems that it faces wa akhir da'wana alhamdulillah rabbil alameen we have uh, a few minutes before Ishraq, I believe, so like, we can spend a uh, few minutes in uh, dhikr. So just like we have different uh, you know, cuisines, you can say you have different types of dhikr. So this type of dhikr is a silent dhikr, where you can recite uh, uh, some dhikr and silently. I'll say it once out loud, and then you can say it silently. And each one of these can change your life. Uh, these are selected either from the ayah, uh, from ayat or hadith, to change, to have a ma master effect, to a great, to have a great effect. Uh, I'm not going to go into details right now. Inshallah, I'll just recite. If I recite once, you can recite it silently. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Hasbunallah wa ni'mal wakil. Hasbunallah wa ni'mal wakil. Hasbunallah wa ni'mal Salawat. When I say salawat, you can recite Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa barak wa sallam. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa barak wa sallam. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa barak wa sallam. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa barak wa sallam. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Salawat. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala Sayyidina Muhammad. 
لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إني كنت من الظالمين لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك صلوات اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد إنا لله وإنا إليه راجعون صلوات اللهم صل على سيدنا الله ولي الذين آمنوا الله ولي الذين آمنوا صلوات اللهم صل على Dhikr that we can do is a dhikr qalbi where you can close your eyes and you can imagine that your heart is being purified, the nur of Allah. And you try to focus on Allah in your heart. And you should take note if you try to think about Allah and you're thinking about something else because that is a clue that there's something else that is in competition with your heart. And it could be something haram, it can be something halal. Right? And our job is that when we want to think about Allah, Allah could sh- should come to our mind and our heart. But when we want to think about Allah and something else comes, then is a clue that we need to work on that. Right? So for a minute, inshallah, close your eyes, try to think about Allah, Nur coming into your heart cleaning it. <laughs> 